We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm your host, Jethro Jones, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Hey, guess what? I've got a book coming out. How exciting is that? It's called School X, and it's all about helping you as a principal be a designer of your school and not just a manager. So I hope you'll check it out. You can download the free chapter at schoolx.me. So just go to schoolx.me to download the first free chapter. And once you get it, hit reply to the email and tell me what you think. Looking forward to sharing that with you. That's schoolx.me. This episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational, a professional development publisher serving as the global leader in combining both research and practice in all materials. Find timely PD publications to support yourself and your faculty by visiting them online at us.johncatbookshop.com. Great instruction gets students engaged. TeachFX equips teachers with the instructional strategies and job-embedded feedback they need to get students engaged in virtual or in-person classes. Learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer at teachfx.com slash principle. I am excited to be a media partner for the Conrad Challenge. The Conrad Challenge is this amazing educational experience that allows students to create real-world applications to solve problems that we are facing today. It's amazing. Check out more at conradchallenge.org. That's conradchallenge.org. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am very excited to have Hannah Costello on the program. Hannah graduated high school in January 2020 after homeschooling her whole life. While co-founding the Learner Council and volunteering at virtual camps in her distributed learning high school, she discovered a passion for guiding and supporting other learners and for creating systems that work. 
She wants to help other kids to experience learning the way she did by designing and supporting individualized learning paths. So Hannah, I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. So let's start by talking about what is a distributed learning high school. Tell us what that is. I like to think of it as it's the difference between unschooling and homeschooling, right? Unschooling is more, I want to say more self-directed because homeschooling is as well, but it is, you're not necessarily enrolled in a program of any sort. Whereas the kind of homeschooling that I experienced was through this distributed learning school, which was a government-funded program that we were enrolled in that we then did all of our learning from home. And so all your learning from home, were you still enrolled in classes and and courses, or did you create your own curriculum? What did that look like? Up until about grade nine, um, we created our own curriculums by doing what they were calling a learning plan at the beginning of the year, where you talk a little bit about what you're interested in and how you're looking to approach different subjects. After grade nine, when we hit high school, the program that we were enrolled in, I say we, I have a twin brother. So the program we were enrolled in is called self-design and they offer the high school diploma, like the dogwood diploma from Canada. So they do need to be able to show a certain amount of credits in order to give that. So in high school, they do offer proper courses. However, when we hit grade 10, they switched to a thematic learning system. So there wasn't so much courses as projects and ideas that were kind of combined in a theme. So we had meetings with other learners that were interested in the same things and worked on some of the same projects. But it wasn't really coursework with a teacher. So that's that's a different kind of system than what we are typically used to. But you feel like that was a, a really good education for yourself. And why was that such a valuable education and, in your opinion, better than a traditional high school? I think having the opportunity to see connections between things is a really valuable skill in life. And starting from a young age, making learning plans You know, I remember pulling out huge pieces of paper on the table and as a family making our learning plans and drawing mind maps and talking about how does this connect and how could you incorporate, you know, different aspects. One year we were really interested in pirates. And so, you know, we drew maps and, you know, wrote essays and did things all surrounding this theme. And I think it's really important to be able to find something you're interested in and really delve into it as opposed to traditional schooling, which kind of stops you in the middle of projects constantly. You know, you have to go through a certain amount of subjects in the day. So you never really get to delve into something fully. Yeah. And so being able to do these things on your own changed your perspective and gave you a a different idea of what learning in school could be. What does that look like now? Now that you're, well, before we get there, you co-founded the Learning Council, and what what was that Learning Council? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, of course. When our school program switched to thematic learning in grade 10, a whole bunch of things changed that year. So first of all, we suddenly had to do more real assignments so that we could get the credits to get the diploma. Our school switched to thematic learning, and they switched to a new platform. And I saw, a lot of us saw a lot of struggles with all of the changes all at the same time. Our school was doing a really good job of trying to 
get feedback and make changes and make things work. And they changed a lot of things really fast, you know, according to what the learners needed, which I really appreciate. But it really meant that our class got to shape the school a little bit at that point in time, because we were the ones giving feedback and who were really experiencing it. So in grade 11, one of my friends had gotten kind of set up with some of the changes that weren't being made and decided that what we actually needed was a student council so that it was a little bit easier for students to give feedback to administration because there are some communication errors. So my friend kind of came up with this idea and launched straight into it, tagged me in a post about it. And so I joined them from there. So the two of us basically built this thing from the ground up as an avenue of connection between the learner base and administration and educators so that there was a little bit less of a gap between the two. So the whole model was based on the idea that every learner has a voice and should be heard. So yeah, the two of us built this thing together and I then became the president of it when we were able to hold elections. I actually don't know what's happened to it this year, but I... By the end of last year, I know that it had done a lot. We had been able to create the foundation for other clubs in the distributed learning program and really created a space for a lot of learners who weren't necessarily being heard. That's that's an issue that is happening all over the world with education, that adults are making decisions and kids are not involved in them. And a lot of times we say that we want those things to happen, but it just... It doesn't work out that way. And so you you took it upon yourself to create this and make it happen. Was there pushback? Were there roadblocks to, to you doing this? And, and if so, how did you overcome those? Honestly, our school was so, so happy just to have learner initiative and SES so passionate about, you know, doing something we were interested in, because that's kind of the whole point of the school we were in. So they were very happy to support us. We got a lot of support from administration and from educators. Our teacher sponsor was the vice principal of the school. So we were very lucky to have that kind of support. Most of our challenges actually came from trying to build the system. Because nothing like a student government had ever existed within our school before. So our challenges were in actually creating space for our, you know, for learners to communicate with us in a way that made sense and was efficient and creating a kind of rapport with administration and, you know, making decisions among ourselves about what the values of the, you know, of our group was and what was important to actually create. So now you've you've created this. Now, was your school one where everybody came and met together physically in person every single day or what was what was that setup like? We did all of our learning online. Or sorry, we did all of our communication mostly online. So each learner has a learning consultant who they are supposed to correspond with every week to discuss their learning and you know what they've been up to. And then in the high school, those meetings become a little bit more frequent with learning specialists, you know, running themes. But those meetings were all online. The school itself organized lots of events. You know, there was seasonal camps, you know, so there were several a year. And the graduation ceremony or the commencement ceremony was supposed to be in person. I, unfortunately, because of traveling and other things never got to attend one of these camps and then our commencement ceremony was unfortunately canceled this year due to COVID-19 but the school really did try to create that kind of community by 
having these events. Yeah, I, I think that that's really fascinating that not only were you taking on the challenge of creating a student council for a school that didn't have a student council, but that you were also trying to do that in a place where you couldn't go hang up posters on the wall and, you know, say, come to this meeting today after school in this physical location because you were all virtual to begin with. So how did you carve out the space for opportunities to connect and communicate with the other students? That was one of our main challenges. And one of our main goals was just creating that space. So we did that mostly by befriending the communications team within the school. So school was set up with, you know, teams of administration and educators who were focusing on different things. So we definitely made points to directly communicate with communications and with guidance, because those are the people who are able to actually put our message where it needed to be. So, you know, it went out in a couple of announcements to the whole high school. And we managed to actually create a forum space within, they have a home base set up with all of the resources that, you know, grades 10 to 12 might need. So we managed to set up a forum space in there where we were able to ask questions and receive feedback from the learner base as a whole, which I'm very grateful for. And after I left, I I had to leave the council when I graduated in January. But after I left, I know that they were managed to obtain an at self-design email address so that learners could communicate with the student or the learner council the same way that they would communicate with one of their teachers. Very cool. So let's talk a little bit about the the communication tools that you learned and and became familiar with because you know, doing a virtual school right now for a lot of people is really challenging, but your school was designed to be all online. So what were some of the tools that you needed to learn early on to be successful in that kind of a environment? I think one of the best things that I learned personally was to reach out and ask for what I needed because our school was built, like it was designed to facilitate online learning and distance education. And when they switched to a new platform, I think they actually got better at it because it was a more stable platform. But with all of the resources and, you know, wonderful members of the community, there was not, I found a lot of community sharing. And, you know, a lot of kids aren't making a lot of use of their educators because even the kids who are homeschooling in a system like that have usually gone to school at some point or at least understand the traditional school system. And so they're kind of used to the idea of just, you know, listening to the educator and doing the assignment. And that's not what our school was about. So I personally found it very useful to actually understand, you know, who was doing what and reach out to the guidance center and reach out to the communications team and reach out to my learning consultant whenever I needed something. I would, you know, I would love a resource on this or I would love to talk about this or here's a project. I'm wondering if it could get posted on, you know, the community pages somewhere. And I don't think a lot of people do that. So I think that the most important thing is just to, like the ability to ask for the things you're looking for. 
Mm -hmm. That's a really useful skill that even many adults struggle with implementing into their life because we we often think we can do it on our own or we can we can be successful on our own and the reality is is that we do need to lean on others and get support from others because that's how how we learn John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says stop talking and start doing with regard to teacher well-being, and much more. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. During COVID, every teacher is a new teacher. That's why innovative school leaders are turning to TeachFX, whose professional learning platform doubles student engagement online or in person. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash transformative principle. It's really fascinating to hear that a a school that is a self-directed school with kids making their own learning plans and all that, you know, it's not like they're just, you know, throwing you to the wolves and letting you do your thing. You found the most value in connecting with those teachers, with the adults who are there to help you. And I think that that's a really important lesson that rather than them saying, here are all these assignments you need to do, you were turning the table a bit, it sounds like, and saying, here's where I need help and here's where I need support. Is that a fair summary? It is. I honestly feel bad for a lot of my educators because I asked a lot of them. And also I like to use writing as a form of expressing my learning. And so a lot of my educators just got like full essays on the randomest things. And I imagine if we talked to one of your teachers, they would probably say, that they loved having you in class or in there as a mentee and loved being able to work with you because you were doing that kind of stuff and taking it upon yourself to get help and go to them. And I know anytime I have someone come to me about seeking help about something, I'm excited to be able to offer that help, especially when it's something that they personally care about. So in, in transitioning out of high school now, you are, you know, a fresh high school graduate and you have this different perspective on the world. And so what is it that you want to do now because of your experience in high school? My experience, especially with the Learner Council and volunteering with some um, online camps, I realized that I really like being a resource for people. I've always liked knowing things. I'm very much know-it-all. So being able to not only understand how our school worked and what was expected of us as learners, but being able to help other people to understand those things. You know, I got to a point while I was working on the Learning Council where other members of the council or other members who, you know, had just expressed some interest in it, these learners would come to me going, 
hey, do you know how, you know, fill in the blank here? And I absolutely adored being able to answer those questions because I had done the research and, you know, that information is useful to everyone, you know, where to find things within the platform or something. So I really found that I loved that. And after leaving school, I wanted to continue with that. And I found that I could not join the educator team of that school until I have a degree in education, which I do not currently have. But I really think that I can help learners without it. And so that's kind of my goal right now is I would love to find a way that I can be um, helping, especially people who are new to homeschooling, make the mindset shift because I feel like I really understand the purpose of homeschooling, if I can say that, and the way that it has helped me and the way that my mind works around it. And I would love to have the opportunity to help other learners experience that. Yeah, this is where the quote that I've heard many times over the past couple of weeks, I don't know why it keeps coming up, but the quote is that youth is often wasted on the young and that young people think they need they need so much more before they can you know arrive and do the work that they want to do and what you're saying is yeah i'm supposed to have a college degree to be able to be a quote unquote educator but you're saying you can still help people with education even though you don't have a college degree and i think that that is a really valuable thing for you to believe in and something that I think is really important. You're not going to be able to be in, you know, like a an official teacher position because we just don't have a method for someone like you to go into a public system and help people. But you have this experience of doing homeschool and you are articulate and successful and you can help people who are who are trying to figure that piece out. And I think that that's really valuable that you're recognizing that you don't have to have a specific credential to to be valuable and do something that you have a passion for and want to be doing. You may find roadblocks, but that doesn't mean that it's impossible for you to to do what you want. And I think that that's really powerful. And I think that kind of approach is empowering for anyone because, you know, you can still find a way to make an impact even without the specific degree. So what what are some things that you're doing now to help with that at this time? I mean, first, I just want to mention, I this is not to say that college does not serve a purpose or that having a degree is not useful. There are definitely times when that knowledge and that experience is the way to go. And if I wanted to teach a class in a public school, that would be the way to do it. That's just... I don't want to teach a class. I want to facilitate learning. And I feel like there's a big difference there. Right now, I've been, I mean, I've been trying to figure out how I want to kind of bring this into the world because, you know, I'm kind of starting from zero, right? I have all of this experience, but how do I want to, how do I want to create this, this thing, this service that I want to offer people? So, you know, I originally thought maybe I would create you know, a newsletter of resources that I could send people because that seemed like something that was obtainable to me at the time. 
I say originally, it was like a couple months ago. Since then, I met you and Nicole Coulter, and all of these opportunities have just kind of appeared to me. So I'm being able to help Nicole with her project, Create Your Own School, and getting to run that as one of her guides and helping her to build this thing has been really a really special opportunity for me that I was not expecting because I'm getting to see how other people are already doing some of the things that I want to be doing and how it's affecting others and, you know, how the audience is responding. And I really feel like this is a wonderful launch for me into this world. And I'm really, really grateful to both you and Nicole for giving me these opportunities because I'm very happy to have this little bit of guidance in starting this. And I'm hoping that it will lead into me being able to really clarify what I want and what I want to be giving so that I can create that further down the line. What I really love about your approach is that you you first want to serve people and help other people. And in the conversations that we've had over the past few weeks, that has been totally apparent to me that your your heart is in the right place. And especially with what you said about you don't want to teach a class, you want to facilitate learning. I think that is so powerful because you're right, those are different things. And and you know, you don't you don't need a piece of paper to facilitate learning, even if you may need a piece of paper to teach a class. And recognizing that distinction when you are as young young as you are is really powerful and it and it goes back to that quote I mentioned. I don't feel like the youth that youth is wasted on you <laughs> and because you have this idea of what you can do to help others out. And, and what I love is that you're not saying, so when I was younger, I thought I wanted to be a teacher because I loved helping people learn. And I didn't realize that there were many different ways to do that. You thankfully have already learned that. And so you have, you know, taken, you know, like a 20 year jump on that one concept on me, which I think is, is really amazing. And what I appreciate about that is, and the reason why I wanted to interview you for the podcast, it all comes down to this piece here, which is that you have gifts and abilities that you can share with the world. And there are many different ways to make that happen. And to me personally, that's, that's really important for me as a human being to understand that. What you're understanding now is that you can do all kinds of different things to support yourself financially by serving others. And that's what I think is so cool. And and so I really appreciate the that you're putting yourself out there, that you're doing these things. And I wanted to be able to share your story because what I want is for people to look at who's in front of them, the people they're serving as they're listening to this podcast and say, what gifts does that person have that they can share with the world and how do I help bring them out? And and you were able to find a way to make that happen in your school and I think that that's really powerful. So in closing, I'd like to ask you to help us school leaders take an action step. What is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal? I think I would have to say offer kids options as to how to express their learning because not everyone 
is going to learn the exact same way. Not everyone is want, going to want to express it the same way. And I think we all know at this point that the whole listen to a teacher lecture and then do the assignment system isn't really working. But if you let kids really decide how they want to express their learning, you know, they become much more interested in it, it becomes much more engaged and it becomes much more personal and you get to really understand what they learned and what they took away from it and what they found interesting as opposed to filling in blanks. I don't know how uh, realistic that is in most schools, but that is my advice. No, I think that that's great. Very good advice. If people want to learn more from you, you can follow Hannah on Twitter at KWhatNow. That's Q-U-E-W-H-A-T-N-O-W. And I just want to thank you, Hannah, for being part of Transformative Principle. This has been a great conversation. Thank you, Jethro. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your leaders and teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information on bulk orders or learn much more in our show notes. You can also use the code TRANSFORMATIVE to save a bundle at us.johncatbookshop.com. School principals across the country are using TeachFX's virtual PD and job-embedded feedback to boost student engagement during COVID. With TeachFX, teachers get eight times more feedback and generate 144% more student engagement on average in a school year with no additional work for school leaders or teachers. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash principle. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.